Welcome to the Real Estate Lowdown. I'm your host, Bill Bymel. The Real Estate Lowdown is your weekly opportunity to step into the conversations going on in today's real estate and mortgage markets. We explore terms and concepts of the industry, post interviews of intriguing industry cohorts from high net worth investors to real estate agents just making their mark. We will share our love of all things real estate, bringing you the most innovative and sustainable real estate lifestyle ideas each and every week. If you enjoy what you hear today, hit the follow button, subscribe, so you don't miss an episode, and please share your support with a quick review. You can find me on the web at billbymel.com, and thanks for joining this episode of the Real Estate Lowdown. Christopher Larson, welcome to the Real Estate Lowdown. Bill, it's great to be here. Chris, you are the founder and creator of what we call Next Level Income. And you're basically a, a financial and real estate guru, but you've done this before for yourself. Tell us a little bit about what who you are and Next Level is. Yeah, no, thank you so much. And yeah, had, we're, we're going to have a fun time today, I know. so. <laughs> I found a next level income several years ago because we started syndicating real estate deals. I kind of tell my little bit of my story building up to that. But I would get I would get questions. And at first it started off where, you know, maybe once a week I get an email or a phone call. And then a couple of times a week. And then, you know, I started getting the same questions every week. And it just started happening on a regular basis. And my good friend Caleb, God, God rest his soul, he's he actually passed away earlier this year. He said, Chris, you should start a podcast. And I was like, well, why don't I want to do a podcast? And when I thought about it. I said, you know what? Yeah, I do. I need to start, like, let's start a website. Let's start a podcast. Let's start a blog. And ultimately, I wrote a book, which I'll tell you if you're listening today, I can get a free copy of it. But the whole reason, Bill, was, and it's, it's in our mission on our website, Next Level Income, which is to help others achieve financial independence, number one, through education. And number two, through opportunities. And what I found was there's a real thirst for financial education. And I don't mean like how to balance your checkbook or, you know, look, Dave Ramsey does a great service out there. But ultimately, what Dave Ramsey's teaching is kind of entry level stuff. It's really for poor people. And, and I use that term very broadly. And I mean, like, look, if you're in the bottom 90% of income earners, follow Dave Ramsey. But once you hit all those and you want to develop true wealth and true financial independence, that's what we help you do. So I bought my first property at 21. I ultimately moved into commercial real estate investing about 10 years ago. So just to kind of give you a timeline, I'm 45 now. So you know, I was in, in my early 30s at the time. And then we started syndicating properties. So if anybody's not familiar with that term, we started bringing in investors alongside of us in 2016. And we've done about a billion and a half in real estate transactions in some way, shape, or form across multifamily, self-storage, mobile home parks, car washes, as well as we're getting into about the launch of senior housing partnership as well here in the near future. And, you know, like I we were bantering before we got started today, I also just, you know, it's nice to be talking to somebody 
who I think has a great voice for radio, like myself. So, <laughs> well, thank you, thank you. <laughs> you know, and and so I can see why you have a podcast that probably has way. You know, first of all, I was just looking it up. You're you're actually you must have been doing it what three and a half, four years now. How many years have we, we been doing this? Yeah, so we started off kind of another part of my background. So look, I started buying real estate, but is anybody? I know it's that started out, you, you either run out of money or you run out of credit at some point if you're doing your own deals. And I bought a couple of properties in college and I ran out of money. I ran out of credit. So I said, well, hey, if I want to keep doing this, I want to be like Robert Kiyosaki said, I want to be an accredited investor. So I found, I was like, let's figure out a career where I can make a few hundred thousand dollars a year. I can make some real money to invest. I went to the medical device space. So I was I was managing a medical device distributorship when I started my podcast. So I was doing it every every couple of weeks. But Bill, we we launched our podcast at the beginning of 2019. So what are we? 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. We are finishing our fifth year here. Wow. So if I go back and listen to some of your early episodes, you're you're not even talking about real estate. You're still doing medical device and just financial well, advice based upon other areas of your life basically right is that what it was yeah so we we've always talked about you know it's and it's broad it's broad topics like we even Great. talk about health sometime but the next level income strategy is how to make keep and grow your money so what's nice is you know if look if you're healthy you can make more money if you're more productive i did a episode recording this morning we had a tax strategist on and we were talking about you know if you know, how small business owners can save money. And then we even talked about how you can accumulate more points on your credit cards. And he was telling me how he he got a, a free $30,000 flight over to Bali. You know, so we talked about stuff like that. And yeah, we talked about real estate investments and like, you know, how, why we get into certain things. It's, so it's an all round financial tips and trades kind of thing. I've just subscribed. Absolutely. I didn't even realize I was. I definitely have heard yeah. you out there. Congratulations <laughs> on all the success. By the way, there, there's a picture of a man without a beard on your podcast. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, is my wife now? You, now you're really going to shake your head because I always I grow my beard every winter, and uh, my wife used to call it my holiday beard, but actually. I'm a man of habit, Bill. So whenever daylight savings time ends, I start growing my beard. It's kind of like my protest of of daylight savings time, which is actually <laughs> on the wrong the wrong way. But I was just at a wedding, and he's out in Utah. We, he got married at the top of a mountain, and I didn't shave on vacation for a couple weeks. I just let it go until his wedding, and that was just that was just a few days ago. So here we are. I still got my beard. That's it. It's going to stay all the way through the holidays. It's it's unfortunate for our listeners that they don't get to see your beard. I get to see you, but <laughs> oh well, it's all too too bad for them. You know, we haven't yet graduated to the point where I'm doing videos of my podcast like Bill Maher does. You know, or something. <laughs> well, yeah. You if you start doing that, you got to smoke weed and uh, drink drink bourbon like Bill Maher does. Too, I would I totally so. get on board with those two things. <laughs> I, look, I'll tell you what. What is what is neat, and I really like Bill Maher. I will admit that I'm I may not align perfectly politically with him. Right. Same. But I yeah. think anybody that is is open and has a platform like he does where he brings kind of competing theories and competing perspectives and it's it's so valuable. And it's it's unfortunate. We just don't have more of that 
in the country yeah. today. So I've always been a fan of him since he had uh, politically incorrect. Is that that was his old show, right? That's now right. I was in yeah. college at NYU yeah. in the nineties when he yeah. started that show, and I th- remember they couldn't even get enough people to fill the audience in their early the first years. Really? So they were they were pulling yeah. kids out of NYU. I was I got to see a couple live episodes. I thought he was brilliant cool. from day one. I mean, yeah. he's always been just in terms of, yeah, like you said, you're not going to agree with him always. And yet he is intentional in creating a forum where all ideas are welcome, yeah. not necessarily yeah. agreed upon, but welcome, you know? Yeah. So absolutely. That's and that's, again, I think that's super valuable. And you and I, as podcast creators, you know, I think it's good to hear that you look up to that in the same way that I do, because, you know, at least my personal perspective on life is that we are living in a too polarized a culture and people don't talk. Well, people talk to each other. People don't listen to each other. That's 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 the issue. So. Well, let me, if, if I may touch on that, I think this, there's a lesson in here for people that are investors. So I think in terms of frameworks, Bill, and, you know, if you have a framework, so let's say I'll kind of, I'll kind of take it in reverse. So let's say I have a political framework or theory that I'm, that I'm working on and I'm in an echo chamber. I'm not going to test that theory. I'm not going to test that framework. Ultimately, it's, it's not going to be that strong. And that, right. that ultimately may break down. Whereas if you're in a diverse, environment where you have you know people with differing opinions that test your framework i always love to, to have these conversations with people and kind of push push the outer limits of the framework right mm. and you see if it breaks down and then you test your own and see does yours break down and if it does break down now that's an opportunity for you to strengthen your framework your theory that you put together and ultimately if you have frameworks for things it allows you to go through life make decisions quicker and more effectively. Mm. So how does that make you a better investor? I base my investing theory on on demographics, mm-hmm. you know, which drives different geographies that 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 we invest in, yeah. also on the value add strategy and as I talk to different people I say, "Hey, like am, am I doing this right? Am I getting it wrong?" And ultimately, it helps me stress test my framework mm. and it's like iterating. I have an engineering education. You iterate, you challenge it. And that ultimately makes you a better investor. So I think, unfortunately, we don't apply that in our day-to-day life because it's what what happens, it bumps up against your ego. And sometimes it doesn't feel good when you find out you're wrong about something. But just like in the gym, if it doesn't feel good, as long as you don't hurt yourself permanently, it should make you stronger. Such a great tidbit, you know, as far as really bettering. I mean, there's so much in what you just said, Christopher. And I, I'm calling you Christopher, even though I know you. That's my name. But it's like you're, I, I want to bow to you for your leadership in the way that you, <laughs> that you, you know, please don't. It's, <laughs> please do not. <laughs> so the, but it's, it, it's, it is a hundred percent that what, I consider myself a pretty productive and efficient guy. And yet I knew I have known that there are barriers to my own way of being and seeing that there, you know, I can't do it all. And to right. take that to the next level, to use your, your frame, like I have really had to be coachable or be open to and trusting people that can comprise the team because I can't do it by myself. 
And yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's really great stuff that you that you you know that you point out there, and being coachable. You know, I mean, really, that's like it, it, in in is one of the kind of the key things: being willing to listen to what people are saying and not just automatically layer your own interpretation or I know better or, you know, because that's the world we live in. We unconsciously go around laying our own context or view of the world onto every situation that we have. So, yeah. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm certainly not immune to that. Of course. But, you know, it is one of the, it is one of the great things. I know you, you know, you have a sporting background and being around, you know, developing athletes on the soccer fields. You know, it's one of the reasons that, you know, it's, it's sports are so valuable. It humbles you. You have to have, you know, long-term view of different things. So, you know, all the, all these things, you know, we can take the same lessons and apply them to what we do in the real estate world as well. Yeah. So that said, well, tell our audience about your book, by the way, Chris, I know you do a lot of podcasts, but if there's an opportunity to get you as a regular partner with me, tell us about your book, the Holy Grail and what, you know, how people can hear more about you, you know, if they want to find, you know, find out more about you. Yeah, absolutely. I know we, we've touched on a couple of things here very broadly, but you can find our podcast or blog and, but really get a free copy of our book. Go to nextlevelincome.com. If you click on the book link, you can download a free copy. And if you put your address in, we'll even send you a copy. If you want to learn more about what we do on the investing side, you can click on the invest link and schedule a call with our team as well. But yeah, we have the podcast is free. The blog is free. We even have a free trial of our course up there. So we try to provide as much information as possible if you're looking to advance your journey here on the way to financial independence. Okay. Well, we, I'm not letting you go too soon, though. I have a, a one or two more questions for you because I, going. I really want to... You've, you've been around the industry for almost about the exact same time as me. I think I'm 47 and I got involved in the early 2000s as well. And so I also grew up in South Florida, the son of a real estate broker. And a lot of the investors I know that made their own before the GFC, like the guys that in the early 2000s I met, they all talked about this crazy time when called the RTC, when the savings and loan uh, went yeah. bankrupt and the government took yeah. over and sold properties and everyone had this great opportunity. And that was like, oh, there's cycles in the real estate and financial worlds. That was my you know, start. And I became a, a lover of economics and all of that. I really got into the business I'm in right now because of a random phone call the summer before three months before the fall of Lehman Brothers when a guy I was doing real estate and then a fund manager called saying I can buy loans at pennies on the dollar that are first lien position to this real estate and I was like wow this could be the opportunity of a lifetime cut to 15 years later now you know it's like I'm still in it but I only bring that up because I want your insight on where you yep. think the real estate market is today. We yep. are September of 2023 when we're recording this. Maybe this comes out sometime next month in the fall or, or late September of 2023. I like to put that because we're creating this encyclopedia. So when the kids yeah. in, 2020, in 2050 listen, they'll know what we're talking about. And you'll say, yeah. well, that was his perspective right then. So what do you, where do you think we're at? What's, what's up with yep. the financial markets? the world of real estate, the cost of capital. I know these are huge questions and you have yep. 30 seconds. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Take your time. <laughs> no, it's it's actually, and this is this goes back to what we were talking about, where yeah. it's like, okay, I love these questions, Bill, because you have to really think about them ahead of time. And then 
you put them out there and then you test your framework, right? Was that right? Was that wrong? Why? But why did I make that decision? Why did I make that statement? So right. you have a lot of prognostications. Let me let me back it up because I, like you, had parents that were in the real estate business. My father and mother worked for JD Construction, Jimmy Dean, Sausage. He had a construction company in the early 90s. And I watched both of them lose their jobs during the savings and loan crisis. So I see this happen. Fast forward, I'm trading in the stock market in college. You know, I see that the, the towers come down and we're in, again, just a few days after the memorial of the anniversary of 9-11. And you, know, you see, see the market turn and then you see the great financial you see the Great Recession, GFC, as you mentioned, and you start to say, wait a minute, like what's happening? Like this is happening over and over again. So I started doing some research. And as you go back in history, actually what you find is the cycle repeats all the way until recorded history in this country. And there's a great book. You probably saw me pulling pulling back. I keep this, you know, I got a Bible in my nightstand and I have this, which is my real estate Bible in my desk over here. It's called The Secret Life of Real Estate and Banking. It's by a gentleman named Philip Anderson, and his partner uh, just wrote a book called The Secret Wealth Advantage. So this book's really thick. It's about as thick as the Bible. The Secret Wealth Advantage is a little thinner. It's a little bit more concise by um, Akhil Patel. And they outline these cycles, and they talk about how the average real estate cycle in this country is about 18 and a half years. And I also I'm a avid follower of Ray Dalio, and you know there's a lot of other people to talk about. They talk about 20 year cycles, they talk about seven year cycles, they talk about 10 year cycles. What's interesting is the 18 and a half year cycle really pulls everything together. It's two seven year cycles split by a mid cycle slowdown. We actually just passed that in 2020, and I was on a podcast. You can go search for it uh, in 2019, where I said, "Hey, 2020 is coming." Like you got to like basically batten down the hatches. This is typically when we see this mid-cycle slowdown. And then after the next seven-year cycle, so seven, seven, there's a four-year down period, okay? And after that four-year down period, the cycle repeats. And it doesn't always repeat, but it rhymes, right? So I think that we are in the, in the middle of that second seven-year cycle right now, Bill. And just like we saw in the early 2000s, we saw interest rates rise. We saw real estate prices continue to rise. But what happens? The cost is the cost of capital goes up. It it slows down business investment. It slows down the ability to you know invest and, and really speculate in real estate and those sorts of things. But it also starts to put a squeeze on cash flows at a business level and also at a consumer level. And as rates rise, the Fed typically overshoots, and you know this the cycle continues to repeat. But if you look at all this, what underlies it all is the price of land. And the ability to create credit from that land and that real estate. And the creation of credit is really what drives these economic cycles ever since, you know, especially the Federal Reserve has come into existence. So then the natural question is so, what do you do during different parts of the cycle when it comes to real estate? I, like you, started investing in probably not quite as, as soon, probably didn't hit quite the, the sweet spot like you did, but in notes in like 10, 15 years ago. When we could buy them for right like ten cents on a dollar, you know, great, great time to buy them. That's a great time to buy distressed properties. As the cycle starts to move, we started building in 2012 spec homes because as land prices started to rebound, you could actually get loans and build spec homes. And then, typically, 
income producing properties in the middle of the cycle start to outperform because rents start to rise and demand starts to increase. And then you see uh, compression in cap rates that we saw. And then we shifted in 2019 from B and C value add multifamily to higher quality class A properties that we felt would perform better during a downturn. And we saw we saw that. So I, I certainly not always right. I you can read my book and you can read about all the mistakes I made so you don't have to make them. So then what do we do now? I think now is a time to have high quality properties that have an appropriate amount of leverage. So say less than 70% where you have high cash balances in your bank account to help help weather the storm. And also, I really like operating real estate. And I call operating real estate like car washes, mobile home parks, senior housing, something that has higher cash flow than, than average that's going to help really produce cash flow as, as the business cycle pulls back a little bit. That's all great stuff. And I, I really do kind of see eye to eye with everything that you're saying there, Chris. And it's like more of a return to fundamentals by quality yep look for opportunities of quality stuff that's maybe gotten upside down by another operator where you can come in and acquire that at a, at a good level and keep yeah. your reserves, keep your, you know, be careful, obviously, in secondary and tertiary markets. I think that's all, I think it's all well said. So anything else to add? It's been great being with you today, Chris. Look, I think, you know, if you're listening, you want to get started. A lot of people are like, hey, I want to get started now, but, you know, the, the numbers don't make sense. You know, but I got to buy something. I got to buy something. Be patient. Real estate is a get rich slow game, and as as the cycle moves, what worked five years ago may may not work today. You know, but you know, the time may be ripe to to buy. You know, discounted loans or you know, distressed mm -hmm. debt at some point in the near future. So look back through history, learn what worked. You know, during the last part of the cycle that's coming up, and as you educate yourself, you may actually be able to really kind of predict the future if you figure that out. So listening to shows like this are a fantastic way to do that. No, 100%. That's why I've been a student of this industry and hopefully a little providing a little bit of value to it as well, just for that reason. Because this little, you know, like just listening to someone like you and I speaking about the moves I would make in the next 90 to, to 180 days really can help guide folks that might still being talked to by other sponsors out there, you know, that are trying to save multifamily deals at a four cap that are 80% leveraged. Yeah, no. And that's, I think those are some of those opportunities that are going to come out where you can come in and, you know, get a preferential position and that's right. look, just, they might not be a bad property. They just might not be set up the right way. That's so, exactly um, right. The golden rule I always heard was there's not necessarily any bad piece of real estate or any hard asset that is worthless. It's just what the price that you pay on it at the time. And in these inflated markets that we've had as a result of the cheap credit that you and the cheap cash that you speak spoke of, there is just people that have gotten caught upside down in what's yeah. a no normal shift in markets so all great Absolutely. stuff i really appreciate your time let's do it again okay i'd be happy to bill thank you so much for having me on today and yeah check out our website nextlevelincome.com hopefully we can help you out with our resources and i'd be happy to come back on thanks for joining the real estate lowdown this is chris larson and bill by mel that's a wrap of today's episode of the real estate lowdown I enjoy bringing this content to you each and every week, and I really appreciate you tuning in. If you haven't already done so, please share the Real Estate Lowdown 
or any episode, any favorite episode with your friends, family, and you know, if you don't mind, leave a positive review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Remember to follow us so you don't do get notified every time a new episode is released. Love to hear from you directly at billbymel.com. Till then, see you next time.